right, here we go. Welcome into another episode of Farzcast. Farzine Vasugin here with you. Hope you all had a great weekend. Hope everyone had a great Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the great fathers out there. Hope it was a good and eventful Sunday for everyone out there. A good weekend for everyone out there. Lots to get into here on this episode of Farzcast. The NBA Finals, they are now over, and we have crowned a champion. It is the Golden State Warriors. I'll give uh, my thoughts on that. The Stanley Cup Finals are underway, and Colorado is off to a very fast start. More news about the whole Deshaun Watson case. Tyreek Hill, again, being misleading. First saying his Teaser's misleading, but then again, it really wasn't. Tyreek had a lot to say about the Chiefs. Um, some interesting reactions from him. A lot of people talking about this locally and nationally, and I think it really needs to be uh, talked about. Devontae Adams also talked about his former quarterback, uh, comparing him to his new one, except not in a negative light. And a whole lot more. Facebook.com slash Farzim Vasugin. That is the Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. We keep uh, piling up on that uh, number of followers on there because of you guys. You guys are fucking awesome for doing that. So thank you guys so much for being a part of the Facebook page. If you haven't done so already, Facebook.com slash Farzim Vasugin. A lot of people uh, people will tell me sometimes. They're like, oh, I don't know how to spell your name and you say it on your podcast. Well, what I've been doing more recently for those of you who are listening to the podcast but aren't following me on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and by the way, the tweet machine is at Farzine21. More recently, um, especially when I have a guest, I will always put uh, the social media links in the description of the podcast. So wherever you're listening from, you can just go ahead and uh, read the description and click on the social media to follow me on Facebook and on Twitter. By the way, speaking of other uh, places you might be listening to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, uh, wherever it may be, iHeartRadio, that you guys are listening to this podcast, greatly appreciate it. Be sure you guys share the links, subscribe if you haven't done so already, and share the links with your friends on social media. Real quickly, before we get into the uh, other topics, I don't want to touch on this too much. I'm actually going to do a live podcast. I don't generally announce these in advance because I don't know exactly when I'm going to do these sometimes until they actually happen. Uh, But I am going to do a live podcast Tuesday evening at 8.15, approximately 8.15, maybe a couple of minutes afterwards, 8.15 Central Time. And I'm going to have several people on, uh, those who are from the Kansas City area, to discuss the FIFA World Cup coming to Kansas City. And also, what's next? What needs to be done to prepare for the FIFA World Cup? And what else can Kansas City do? And I've got to say, man, first of all, I am ecstatic that Kansas City got the FIFA World Cup. Uh, They'll be one of the host cities in North America. And Kansas City 100% deserves this uh, because the Hunt family... They have been a big advocate for the sport, especially in in this country. It's still a growing sport in this country. When you hear the four major uh, sports in America, soccer is not one of them. It's the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL. The MLS, even though it's a major, uh, a professional uh, sports league, uh, still not considered one of the major sports leagues in America. The major four, I mean, it's the other ones I just mentioned. So it's still a growing sport, but the Hunt family, they've been a strong advocate for the sport. They have done so much for it. Uh, the people over at Sword and KZ have done so much to 
really bring that European style of soccer, not just on the field, but with the stadium and the fan base in town. You obviously got the Kansas City Current. They've made history and uh, starting construction for the first stadium exclusively for women uh, in a pro sports league in the United States. So, so some really good things happening in Kansas City over the last 15 years. Yeah, a new uh, a new uh, arena downtown in the Power and Light District, and that's been used for so many things, including uh, sports rallies. And then, of course, the renovations with the stadiums, obviously all of the local pro teams, Sporting, Royals, and Chiefs all winning a championship and how much that really uh, played a role in uh, the city's growth over the past 15 years. I still remember when the Pittsburgh Penguins did not come to Kansas City. And I, you know, I think a lot of people knew it was a long shot, long shot. It was wishful thinking, essentially. And it was really part of it was that the the Penguins were doing that as leverage. So, so they could get what they wanted in Pittsburgh. And ultimately, you know, I was really bummed out when uh, it didn't happen. Uh, I really wanted that for Kansas City. And I just thought to myself, man, is this city just not worth it? And I immediately told myself, no, that's not the answer here. It has nothing to do with this city not being worth it. Uh, Sometimes it's just bad luck. Yeah, the luck of the draw. Timing could be a factor as well. You know, maybe something that didn't work in Kansas City in the past with the Kings or the uh, New Jersey Devils. I don't remember what their names were uh, when they were in Kansas City, but uh, you know, it's just some things did not work out in the past. And I think in now, I mean, in the present, I think an NBA team and an NHL team would get a lot of support. From Kansas City. Now, obviously, if they're the worst team, I mean, they're going to have an attendance similar to what you're seeing over at Coffin Stadium. So, uh, you know, that can always be a concern. Uh, but I, th- I really do think today, especially with the city's growth over the past 15 years from the new arena downtown, the Sprint Center, now the T-Mobile Center, to winning a Super Bowl, getting the draft uh, um, next year, and even just... Something as small as Patrick Mahomes' presence. I mean, he's made this place more relevant. Like, he's the reason you have Whataburger, even though I'm not the biggest fan of of, uh, Whataburger. I mean, even just him alone has, he has really brought some relevancy to this city. Uh, Mayor Quentin Lucas has been fighting really hard to try to get an NBA team and is still trying to push for that. Um, And by the way, credit to everyone involved. you know, I mentioned the Hunt family, uh, the people over at Sporting KC, uh, the Kansas City Sports Commission. Cannot forget them. They played a huge role in that. And also the politicians involved, the, the, both Republicans and Democrats. You know, it, it's a fact. I mean, there were uh, politicians from opposing sides who worked together to get shit done. I mean, imagine that. Uh, you don't hear about that often. So if we, if politicians, not to get too off topic, but if politicians can do what it takes to bring a World Cup to their city, imagine what they could do if they can keep working together on the more serious issues. I, I mean, that could go a long way. Just saying. Uh, but, but I'm happy for the city. I really am. This city did not have a strong sports presence 15 years ago. And I know the Royals... I mean, their 
relevancy did not last really long, but man, when it did happen, the city was all blue. It's almost like they painted the entire city blue. Uh, and I'd never seen that before because this town, and let's be completely honest, I know there are a lot of people who like to call out other people in Kansas City for starting to support the Royals in September of 2014. I, I'm sorry, but do you see the attendance out there right now? Hardly anyone is going to Royals games. I mean, listen, they're just a bad product. Um, I've always said this for the longest time. I'm a KU fan and grad, okay? There is a reason why you can find cheap tickets for football games essentially anywhere. Meanwhile, if you want to go see a basketball game in Lawrence, good luck. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible to find a ticket. It is. Uh, you can find tickets, but they ain't cheap. There's a reason for that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with admitting that. Uh, I mean, the, the truth at the end of the day is, and I'll never forget this, because in 2014, when the Royals did fall short of winning the World Series, this town was still all about the Royals. And I remember at the time, the Chiefs got off to an 0-2 start, and then they ran into a three-game losing streak. And people just didn't want to hear about the Chiefs. They would rather hear Royals offseason news. That I, I swear to God, people don't believe this, but when I was organized at 610 at the time, I remember I was producing an, uh, one of the uh, evening shows, and the host was talking about the Chiefs. I'm looking at the text line. People are saying, forget the Chiefs. Talk about the Royals. And I remember, and listen, I, I got a lot of respect for the guy. I've got nothing but nice things to say about him. Really good guy. He even gave me some career advice at the time. Uh, Brad Fanning, who used to be with KCTV5. I'll be honest, I have not kept in touch with Brad. I don't know what he's up to. I know he was doing his own thing. I'm not sure if that's still a thing. He was with 610 briefly, but it didn't uh, last very long. Uh, but he said something uh, when he was on 610. He said that this is a baseball town. And listen, I, I could not disagree more. This isn't a baseball town. Just because you won a, a World Series, or you went to the World Series back to back years and you won one, does not make it a baseball city. Uh, listen, you could go, I, I don't know what the smallest major market is in the United States. It, let's just say Wichita. I believe Wichita is ranked 50th, give or take, when it comes to market size. If Wichita had a pro baseball team and they won the World Series, Guess what? A lot of people would show up for the World Series uh, for the World Series parade in Wichita. Um, it's not that difficult to have a lot of people come together to celebrate a World Championship. It's not. Um, what is very difficult to do is keep a fan base that's interested in a bad product. Yeah, I mentioned 610 and I'll mention 810 now because I interned for 810 in 2009. That was kind of a weird year because the Royals got off to a really great start that year, if you guys remember. And then they just ran into a brick wall and started losing games uh, just nonstop. And I remember, regardless what your opinion of is of him, uh, Keatsman, um, I was working an intern shift during Keatsman's uh, show and... I remember just, uh, so the way it works, I, and maybe it's changed since then, I don't know. 
At 610, you can put four callers on hold at once. At 810, you can put seven callers on hold at once. I remember Keatsman uh, was, was going on about, uh, I don't remember what he was saying. Probably rambling about something stupid, but I uh, put all seven callers on hold. They all want, want to talk about the Royals because there was nothing else to talk about. Um, there really was not much to talk about. The only other thing going on was the Chiefs were getting ready to start a new regime with Todd Haley and Scott Pioli. That's it. Th- that, that was like the most exciting thing to talk about in Kansas City in 2009, the summer of 09. And I remember Keatsman cuts to a commercial break and about four or five of the callers dropped. People did not want to wait on hold to talk about a bad, to complain about a bad product, essentially. I will never forget when my very first night working at 610, that was the night where Ned Yost called out Royals fans for lack of attendance. That was the same game where the Royals were losing the game 1-0 to the Twins for almost the entire game, and then Alex Gordon had a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth to win the game 2-1. And the Royals put themselves in a very good spot that night for the wildcard spot. And as soon as Alex Gordon hit that home run, the phone lines at 610 just blew up. Even though they still had to do their post-game show, to wrap things up before they toss it over to 610 for their local uh, post-game show where they take callers then, which takes a while before they can even get to that point because the Royals Radio Network has to do their proper uh, outro and closings for everything. and that and That's about a good 15, 20 minutes. just kind of depends on how much content there is. People called right after Alice Gordon hit that home run, and I told each caller, I said, look, it's going to be a while before the post-game show. So they said, yeah, we'll wait. It's worth the wait. And they all waited. I still remember that. I'll never forget that. Um, l- l- listen, I-, I know I went on a- off the rails there, but my whole point is I think this city has really come a long ways. Um, you know, the Royals, even though they're now, again, one of the worst teams in baseball, they still made it worth the wait to have that amazing memorable run in 2014 and 2015 and even a little bit in 2016 they had some good games then Eric Hosmer won the all-star game MVP uh which obviously as a Royals fan you enjoyed that why not uh so they had a good run there a good three-year run two and a half year run whatever you want to call it uh the Chiefs they're the most competitive team in football the past four and a half years so the way things have gone in Kansas City, from a sports standpoint, the city has improved a lot. Now, I think it would be great if the city improved in so many other areas as well, out of sports, because I think it could help the city all around in so many ways. Uh, but, you know, that's something I, I'm not the most well-versed on, uh, or well-versed in, I should say. But I really, I, I'm excited for the whole FIFA thing. I think the city does need to do some things to uh, get ready for the World Cup in 2026. I mean, there are some things they still need to do for the draft in 2023, less than a year away, uh, to be ready for that. Uh, but I'm excited to see how that all pans out. I really, really am. Um, I'll tell you what, man. If um, if the United States, if they're coming to Kansas City, that's not going to happen again. I don't know in my lifetime if if Kansas City is going to host another World Cup, if the United States is coming here for a game, oh boy, and this would be the same anywhere else, I mean, they're going to, ticket price are going to be off the hook, for sure. Because it's not often your home country gets to play for a World Cup game in your city. So, 
By the way, Denver, I know Chicago dropped out, but there's still a lot of chatter about how Kansas City was still favored over Chicago. People in Denver are very upset uh, because they have a bigger market. And, and listen, rightfully so, they should be noting that. But I think what a lot of people in Denver may not know is that the Hunt family, and I understand they're Broncos fans over there, so they probably don't care too much about this, but I don't think they have the understanding of what the Hunt family has done for the sport of soccer here in Kansas City. Because if, if had they been aware of that and known more about that, then they'd probably be more understanding as to why Kansas City got picked over them. Uh, but that's topic for another time. Uh, like I said, Tuesday night... 8.15 Central Time. We're going to be doing a live podcast, and it'll be on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Vasugian, and uh, we'll have some... It's not just going to be me. It's going to be a roundtable. We'll have several people on to discuss this because it is a very exciting story to me uh, because this is... Some, I've always wanted to see big events in this city, and now what can the city keep doing to get more big events uh, such as Final Fours and WrestleManias. Uh, obviously, a new stadium downtown would probably play a factor in allowing those events to come to Kansas City. So we'll get into that uh, Tuesday night. I, I'll end the uh, FIFA-Kansas City discussion there. NBA Finals took place, and the Golden State Warriors were victorious four games to two in this one. Uh, listen, it was not a pretty run. It wasn't pretty. Uh, for the Warriors. Uh, there were times where it looked like the Celtics were going to win this, uh, especially in game one, the way they cruised in the end there. They found a way to come back strong near the end, but they didn't play the best basketball overall from start to finish. That was still something you could still lean on Golden State and say, this is a team that's really going to uh, win it in the end. And they found a way to do so. Um, they did. Uh but Andrew Wiggins, I mean, what a series for him. I was really hoping that Curry would have a bit of an off night and, and Wiggins would win, or Wiggins have a, would have a big uh, big game six. That way he could win the uh, finals MVP because the last time KU won a national championship, Paul Pierce won, it, won the uh, finals MVP. So I was kind of hoping for the same thing to happen this time around where you got a, another former Jayhawk going out there getting the uh, finals MVP. But, hey, he still won it. I'm really happy for Andrew Wiggins. His career has not panned out the way everyone thought it was going to be. I mean, the guy was amazing at Kansas. And sharing the court with another superstar in Joel Embiid, who is obviously doing big things over in Philadelphia. Uh, but when they went and got Andrew Wiggins, that really did make them a much better basketball team. And now you see Draymond Grant. I know he didn't have the greatest finals. But him, Clay, and Curry, I mean, these guys just continue to do their thing. And, and now this is these guys are part of the discussion as one of the best teams of all time. And Curry, I think he has now inserted himself into the picture as one of the best basketball players of all time. Uh, still, still has some time, but I, I, I don't know if he'll ever reach the LeBron or the MJ, Kobe type of level. Because it's always been those three guys who get talked about as who's the best of all time. But I think he can really do. Uh, I, can, I think he can put himself, Curry, that is, put him as the best guy in the second tier, or he could maybe join that first tier guys, which is only three people, and maybe he'll be on the bottom of that list. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how you view it. However, you want to view it, uh, I think Curry can find a way to put himself in that position before his career is over with. Uh, I did want to 
talk about this. Uh, Draymond Green's wife ranted on her Instagram because of sports fans chanting bad words in Boston. And then she said Warriors fans would never. Okay. I have a huge issue with this. Um, Do I think it's cool to chant vulgar crap at games? No. Is it the worst thing in the world? No. Here's what I will not ever do. I'm never going to play this whole card of, oh, kids are there. They hear this shit. Listen, let's let's have an honest discussion here. It's 2022. A lot of kids have smartphones, okay? And there are ways to, you know, do it on your phone or a computer and clear the history so you can, you know, stay out of trouble. Listen, I was a kid once. I knew how to do all this shit, okay? In the year 2022, where kids today are a hell of a lot smarter than when I was a kid in the 90s, kids know what the hell to do online today, okay? They know where to find... Let's just be honest here. They know where to find the porn pornographic websites, okay? It, it, it's not a big secret in 2022, Okay, even when I was in middle school and high school, all the boys in school knew all the websites. Okay, Um, kids today have access to all this online streaming, which has unlimited content from nudity to bad language to all kinds of violence. If you play video games online, so occasionally I'll play Grand Theft Auto 5 online. And the most annoying thing in the world about online gaming is you can hear children arguing with adults and they they know every word in the book and by the way we're talking a game called grand theft auto 5 if you play that game within the first 10 minutes there are all kinds of words in that game and i'm talking about the story mode not the online part okay it's a great game I'm, I'm, i'm not shitting on it um but here's my point Two things. This whole thing about, oh, kids were in the arena. Just stop. Look, I'm sorry, but kids today in schools, I mean, they're hearing and saying all kinds of things. And kids today, I mean, did you not hear about the mass shooting a few weeks ago? I mean, kids today are dealing with far worse things that they are are nervous about, scared of, than bad words, okay? Um, oh, by the way, I forgot another one. Someone mentioned this to me, and I completely forgot about this. This was actually a great point. Music lyrics, okay? Music lyrics. I mean, music, is, again, has gotten bigger over the years, and it's a lot easier to access than it was 15, 20, 25 years ago. So let's calm down a little bit with the whole bad language thing. The other thing that bothered me was when she said Warriors fans would never. Essentially saying Warriors fans would never do that. I'm sorry, there is no such thing as a fan base with 100% kindness. Or, I mean, you think your entire fan base is full of saints? Stop it. I hate it when Chiefs fans say, oh, Chiefs fans would never say anything bad about any of the... I'm sorry, but have you seen some of the Chiefs fans that have said things about Patrick Mahomes' family? And this is way before she became a national celebrity. Like, even before the Barstool Sports of the world started talking about Britney, people in Kansas City were shitting on her. 
you know, slut shaming her, uh, shaming her physically. I mean, this was an issue before it got to the natural level. So stop right there with that bullshit, please. Um, every single fan base in this country, in the NFL, in the NBA, in college sports, including my teams, okay, they do a lot of stupid shit that they shouldn't. Again, that goes for every team. I said this once on Facebook. I, 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 in fact, it was this exact story. And a bunch of like Patriots fans and Raiders fans are like, oh, you think your fan base is perfect? I, I clearly stated every every fan base in every sport. I never excluded my favorite teams. Um, and it's like, it's so weird. When you have this stance, people somehow miss the fact that you said every single fan base in every sport. I, I don't know. That's Reading's hard. I get it. Reading in this country is not a, uh, it's an area that needs improvement. Let's put it that way. But my whole point is this. Please don't go out there and talk about what you, there's footage of Warriors fans saying shit they shouldn't say. So please do not play that whole card of Warriors fans would never do what Celtics fans did. No, that's complete bullshit. Um, Every fan base has chanted shit, said shit, done shit that they really should never have done. Please miss me with that. Uh, one other note about the NBA Finals. So there's a guy named Dawson Gurley. You may not know that name, but you may be familiar with his YouTube channel, Big Doss TV. The guy's actually from Kansas City. Fun fact, he actually did a video uh, with his mom. And his mom mentioned that they named him Dawson, naming him after Len Dawson. So fun fact there. Uh, but Big Doss TV, uh, Kansas City guy uh, who does all these prank videos on YouTube. They're actually not all of them are pranks. Some of them are. Uh, sometimes he'll buy like ten brand new iPhones, like whatever the newest edition iPhone is, and he just he goes to restaurants and he uh, pays for the bill. He doesn't leave a tip, and he tells the server, "Hey, instead of uh, a tip, I'm going to give you this new iPhone. It's really cool." Uh, he, he's gone to campuses and he's done, uh, giveaway. He just gives out PlayStations and Xboxes. Um, and it's him. There's another guy named Juan Gonzalez. Uh, his channel is, that was Epic. He, I don't think he's from Kansas City, but he lived in Kansas City for a bit, but they collaborate together and do, um, do some, uh, some videos together. So, uh, that's who Big Dots TV is. One of the things that he is known for is dressing up as Clay Thompson in the past, and he's done this multiple times, and he went to events at the Oracle Arena uh, dressed as Clay Thompson. In fact, there was actually one video. It wasn't the one that just happened recently. Uh, my point is, the reason I'm bringing this up is because he went to Oracle Arena, or I'm sorry, um, Chase Center. It's now Chase Center. They're in San Francisco now. And he actually dressed up as Clay Thompson, and he got in a lot of. He actually got banned for life, and I'll get to that in a moment. But in one of the past videos where he dressed up as Clay Thompson, people actually think he's really Clay Thompson. Um, people think he's really Clay Thompson in, in these YouTube videos he does. He's signing autographs and all this shit, taking pictures. In fact, he uh, showed up in a convertible because YouTube celebrities they have a lot of money. He shows up in a convertible and is driving to the arena and. All the parking lot uh, 
workers, the attendants, they are not questioning this. They're not asking for credentials, anything. They're like, oh, Clay Thompson, let me take a picture with you. Yeah, yeah, go this way straight to the arena. And he parked his convertible inside the arena's VIP parking lot. Um, I mean, so here's why I bring that up. Because in this video... He was actually looking for the team store. He dressed up as Clay Thompson. He wore the warm-ups, the shorts, the uh, the hoodie. He had the headband. He had the uh, hoodie up. And um, he just go. He and his cameraman go through security, and it's not just normal security. This is for employees and media. And for some crazy reason. The security there does, they do not ask for any kind of ID or credentials, nothing. Um, they just let the player, who they think is the player, they just let him walk in. The cameraman behind him, they don't even question one bit, which I thought was very interesting. So he's walking in the hallways. We're talking an area that no fan is allowed to go. The only non-employees who are even allowed in those hallways are probably the family members of the owners and the athletes and the coaches like not even like uh like if you work security you are not allowed to bring your family to that area no um but you know the the the, the celebrities the rich guys the athletes and the owners and the coaches yeah i mean they'll let them bring their families and their kids friends whoever they bring with them to that area maybe occasionally a, a hot shot celebrity uh they might be able to walk through those hallways but we're talking that kind of an area okay and I don't think he even knows where he's going. All of a sudden, he sees the path to the arena floor. And he just grabs a basketball and starts shooting three-pointers. And he's making all of them. He's making them. So he's just hanging out. And then <laughs> the funniest part of the video, he goes for a layup and misses the layup. He makes all these threes, but misses the layup. And at that point, security realized, okay, something, something's fucked up here. That's not really Clay Thompson. So security walks up. The woman who, who actually approaches him is actually pretty cool about it. The funny part about it is as they're kicking him out, there's a celebrity that's wanting to get a picture. So he takes it, he stops to get a picture with the celebrity. But when they actually kick him out of the um, media and employee entrance, they're like, yeah, you can't be doing this. And he goes, I have tickets to the game. They're like, yeah, sure. If you have tickets, yeah, you can come as a ticketed guest. Well... I guess he pissed off security because not only did they completely drop the ball on allowing him and his cameraman without even questioning him, they, I guess they, listen, I'm sure the Golden State Warriors, I'm sure they, there were some, let's just say there were some consequences behind closed doors with security because that cannot happen. And I will, I will get into why that is a serious matter in a moment, but they banned the guy for life. Look, it was a harmless YouTube video. It's not like the guy did anything terrible. He fooled security with his appearance and he shot some hoops for 15 minutes on the floor. Okay. No one died. Like, let's, let's be clear about that. Uh, I think banning him for life is certainly excessive. Now, um, from a security standpoint, why is this being taken very seriously? 
If you guys remember the Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather media tour from a few years ago when Conor and Floyd were doing their fight, there was someone. I think this was when the media tour was in the UK in 2017. Somebody found a picture of the credentials for that event and he went and made a copy of it, laminated it, got a lanyard for it all the, pretty much looked like a professional credential put his name on it um because when you pick up a credential or when you show up with a credential i know when you pick up a credential you absolutely have to show your id now if you already have your credential if you picked it up beforehand or if you had it mailed to you um then i don't think you have to show any id i could be wrong on that don't quote me on that but this guy showed up to the McGregor uh, Mayweather uh, media event. This guy had no business being there. He was just there because he wanted to be there. And he has his GoPro. He's, you know, filming everything backstage. He even came shoulder to shoulder, I believe, with Dana White, the president of the UFC, and even Floyd Mayweather. Listen, from a safety standpoint... Who knows what that guy could have done? Because that is a pretty scary thought right there. If this guy right here, who, again, Big Doss TV, he and his cameraman, uh, they go to the Golden State Warriors game. I believe it was game five? Yeah, game five. And they did not question him one bit. By the way, I can't imagine being the real Clay Thompson walking into arena and they're like, sir, hold on. We got to make sure it's you. Every other player, yeah, come on it. You, we gotta make. We 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 we're, we've gone through some shit. We gotta make sure you're really Clay Thompson. Like that has to suck for Clay Thompson. Um, listen, it's a harmless prank. Nothing bad happened. He's done something similar before, uh, where he got to the VIP parking lot dressed as Clay Thompson. So I don't think it's the worst thing ever. I think it is. I can understand maybe just suspending him for a year, but for life, eh, come on. And by the way, like, I get he's a celebrity, but if it was like an... Remember um, in 2007 when there was a Chiefs fan who ran onto the field uh, and uh, Casey, all the security guards took him down and Casey Wolf jumped on top of the entire pile, uh, security guards and the fan that ran onto the field? Um, the guy, to my understanding, was banned for life. Now... Could anybody tell you, without looking it up, I'm sure it's out there on Google if you do some research, could anyone tell you what that guy's name is or what he looks like? Because, listen, I've got hair, I've got a goatee. If I was banned from Kauffman Stadium or, or Arrowhead or GEHA Field, T-Mobile Center, all I would have to do is shave my head, shave my goatee, wear a hat, show up in sunglasses, as weird as that would be, no, no one's going to know who the hell you are. Even if you take off the sunglasses and the hat, they're not going to recognize you. So, I mean, it's, listen, I'm not, people, people, I know one person's going to say, oh, you're giving out idea. No, this is not, I'm not breaking any news here. People have talked about this before on Twitter, but uh, who's to say he can't ever do that? Maybe this guy, Big Doss TV, might not be able to get away with that because he is somewhat of a, a celebrity. People know who he is. It's not like he's he's a nobody. Um, this guy has a big following on YouTube. He has, I, I think, about 7, 8 million followers on YouTube. Maybe more. Um, so he might not be able to get away with that. But if it was an average fan who did this, who doesn't even have like a big platform, 
he could probably get away with coming back if he just changes his appearance. And listen, he's going through security, so it's not like he can do anything terrible by the time he's inside the arena, uh, other than fistfight someone, which generally security is pretty good about that kind of thing at, uh, at arenas and stadiums. But I thought that was funny. Uh, definitely had to mention that. Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I'll keep this real short because we're two games in and Colorado is on fire. They got off to a 3-1 start in the first period of the first game. Kind of fell asleep the rest of the two periods. But then in overtime, they won it. So didn't really matter too much. And then in this one, game two, what was it? I think they got off to a 3-0 or a 4-0 start to start the first period. And they went on to win 7-0. And by the way, um, shame on that Tampa Bay Lightning player. Uh, I can't remember who it, who it was. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I I missed his name. I I had it written down somewhere, but I missed it. Um, he he and the goalie. I mean, they got into a scuffle, and then when he's trying to get up, he puts his. Uh, knee the entire weight on the goalie's ankle and then tries to get up that's complete bullshit and i really hope that player gets suspended for the rest of the uh conference finals because i mean there's no room for that bullshit i i get it it's hockey it's a physical sport but when the referee is there to break things up it's over do not put your knee on someone's ankle because you need to get up there was no need to do any of that shit oh but farzine he doesn't want to put his knee on the ice it's cold Bull fucking shit. It's for half a second. These players fall down all the time on the ice and then get right back up. Half a second with your knee on the ground is not going to do anything. And by the way, they're all wearing clothing, pads, whatever. Uh, so it's not like it would have hurt him at the end of the day. I know someone's going to drop that excuse, especially a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Um, that's complete bullshit. That guy needs to be suspended for the rest of the series. You do not... You do not need to put your knee on someone's ankle to get up. No. No need for that one bit. Uh, that's complete bullshit. And that guy needs to be suspended. Uh, someone else who needs to be suspended. Listen, I'm going to say it. I think there's enough at this point to really uh, say that something's up here is Deshaun Watson. Uh, he spoke recently for the first time in three months, that, which was his introductory press conference with the Browns. We talked about his dumbass attorney last episode who went on a radio station in Houston and said happy endings aren't illegal. And if a woman feels uncomfortable while giving a massage, that's not illegal either. Uh, basically said sexual harassment was not illegal. Uh, then he went on a massive media tour clarifying his comments later that day. That was interesting. Uh, but Watson, he reiterated his innocence... However, he did say that he regrets the impact the lawsuits have on his family and the Cleveland Browns organization. Let me repeat that. He regrets the impact of the lawsuits on his family as well as the Cleveland Browns organization. He already admitted to apologizing to one of the massage therapists and there are screenshots of this. I'm going to give you guys a big spoiler. I'm going to break some news here. Breaking news, an innocent person does not apologize to someone who has filed a lawsuit against them, nor does an innocent person say that they regret the impact something has on 
their family and their new team. And by the way, Pat McAfee mentioned something very interesting that no one's really talking about here. In the very beginning, when this all came out for the very first time, Deshaun Watson's camp denied any wrongdoing and said none of this stuff happened. Now, they're saying it was consensual. So their story changed suddenly. It went from denial that this ever happened to now saying it was consensual. Look, it does something's not adding up here. This guy's claiming his innocence and in the very since the very beginning and so has his attorney saying he did nothing wrong and denying all these allegations to now saying that this was consensual, this was, uh, uh, oh, he apologized to one of the, um, to one of the uh, massage therapists. Things are not adding up here, folks. An innocent person does not change his story, nor does he admit to apologizing or admit that he regrets how, this whole story has essentially gone. Um, innocent people don't find themselves uh, saying those things. You don't have to have a law degree from Harvard or even from the lowest uh, law school to know that. Now, here's a question I have because we know uh, it's 24 women who have filed a lawsuit. We thought it was 40 massage therapists altogether. Now, from this New York Times article, it has stated that he's received 66 uh, a massage from 66 women in 17 months. In a 17-month span. That's just a 17-month span. Let me say something. If you're an athlete, and by the way, he admitted that he didn't care for their qualifications. He just wanted a massage from them. If you are a professional athlete, you have to care for that stuff to the highest degree so you can give your body the best care if you're making millions of dollars and you want to be in good shape physically. He even admitted driving quite a bit just to meet some of these women for a quote-unquote massage. He had one goal, and it was not to take care of his body. And listen, let me say something, and... and Look, I know this is going to come off sexist and it's not meant to come off that way, but let's let's have an honest discussion here. Men are physically stronger than women in general. That's not breaking news here, okay? There are men out there who are massage therapists, okay? If you are looking for the best care for your body as a pro athlete, wouldn't you want someone who is oh, I don't know, in physically good condition, in physically good shape, someone who has good ratings and reviews, someone who's qualified. Because Deshaun Watson never cared about any of that. He's already admitted that. Every single one of these massage therapists are women. All women. No men in any of this. Listen, if I'm a pro athlete and I want to take care of my body and if I want to get a massage from one of the best therapists here in Kansas City. Obviously, I'll look for qualifications, men or women. Uh, if if someone is just 
physically better and people are have been given good ratings for them because you you listen one of the jobs i would never want in this world is a massage therapist working with your hands on people all the time probably not the most comfortable thing in the world some people are good at it hey good on them they're they're in that industry um but it can get pretty tiring after a while you're on your feet a lot you're working with your hands a lot you're 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 pressing on to other people's bodies a lot that's gonna wear you out eventually so you definitely want to find someone who a lot of people have given good reviews and it's not that hard to find good reviews online i i, I do this anytime i i look for a doctor when i need something so the fact that deshaun watson has never even cared for any of this has already admitted to this according to the new york times listen i'm no i'm no prosecutor i'm no legal expert but i think this is telling you enough that Deshaun Watson is in the wrong. Now, I don't care about what these grand juries uh, did, or rather not did. They did not indict him. I know uh, his attorney was really big in that. But at this point, it, we're talking 24 women who have come forward, and this guy's gone to 66 different women in a 17-month span. There's nothing normal about that that is very creepy, in fact, that's a very predatory type of behavior. This guy's, I don't know if he takes a snap this year. If I had to put down $100 on who takes a snap this year in the NFL between Deshaun Watson and Colin Kaepernick, I'm putting the $100 on the neither. But if I had to put it on someone, I am not putting it on Deshaun Watson. I am putting it on Colin Kaepernick way before I do it for Deshaun Watson. There's nothing normal about any of this, and all signs are pointing to Deshaun Watson being in the wrong here. Again, you're, this is not legal talk here. This is common sense talk. Um, this is just completely irresponsible for the Browns because the Browns, by the way, they have been very adamant saying that they did their due diligence and their research and they were certain that he didn't do anything wrong. But they never spoke to any of the women who have filed a lawsuit. So I don't know what kind of investigation you you did. It's almost like investigating a, uh, a car accident, but you don't go to the scene where the accident happened. You you went co- somewhere completely different, and you somehow came to your to your conclusion about what happened, who's who was at fault, and whatnot. Uh, I mean, something. What the Browns are doing, and I get it. They are a franchise completely desperate for any kind of success just to get their franchise going. But you got to, I mean, don't bullshit people. You can't do that in 2022, okay? Maybe 20 years ago, you could find a way to lie, cheat, and steal. Not in this day and age. No. Not easy to do. So, uh, the Browns are, listen, I don't know what kind of, consequences the Browns are going to face. They lost draft picks out of this, so that's already punishment enough. The Texans, oh boy, um, they are in deep shit because the New York Times has said that they were aware of this. So they could be fined millions of dollars and could lose a lot of draft picks out of this. I think the NFL will even go as far as taking away what the Browns gave them and just saying, look, no, neither team is, is getting this draft pick. It's gone. Cleveland's got to deal with their loss, and the Texans need to suffer the consequences. I think that'd be fair, in fact. I think that'd be very fair. Um, this is why you don't 
give someone a big contract until the entire investigation is over. Look at the whole Tyree Kill thing, the the child abuse allegations back in uh, 2019. Yeah, the Chiefs wanted to extend him and give him a big deal, but they waited for the entire thing to be over. And as soon as it was over, they were comfortable giving him that three-year extension. Man, I don't know. Uh, that is, um, that's on the Browns. I mean, by the way, speaking of the Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield might go to the to the Panthers, and the Browns uh, are being asked to just cover the nineteen million dollars, which they signed him for the fifth year option, and they don't want to do that. They want the Panthers to take that. I'm sorry, but at this point, you kind of have to eat the shit that you made. Uh, you gave this guy a fifth-year option, and then you said, huh, let's go ahead and sign Deshaun Watson, give him the biggest guaranteed money in NFL history, even though we just signed a guy to a fifth-year option, which is not cheap, by the way, to do. Um, yeah, listen, if you're the Browns, you just you just kind of deserve to suffer the consequence. And listen, I feel bad for Browns fans because... I mean, this is a franchise. I mean, listen, this is a franchise that even went out there and took Kareem Hunt. And listen, I'm happy for Kareem Hunt. I, it, it sounds like he's come a long way. He, it, we have not heard him get into any kind of serious trouble. I mean, he he was at a bar once where police were involved, and then he got pulled over for weed. Uh, which you know, it, it, those things kind of add up, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, but my point is, the Browns are taking a risk on any and everyone. They don't care if you have a, a, a bad pass or, or if you're going to face a, um, a half-year suspension. They still they knew that was going to happen, and they still took Kareem Hunt. They know Deshaun Watson is being investigated, and they still gave him the most guaranteed money in NFL history. Like The Browns are a desperate franchise. They are willing to do anything, regardless of the situation, whether it's the investigation is over or not. They just want to find a way to win. And they're trying to keep their fans interested, but to do it this way, man, um, I don't know. Listen, I, I hope Baker gets his way. Uh, if there's anyone who's laughing right now, it's Baker Mayfield. Um, boy. <laughs> I mean, he is probably at home chuckling nonstop from all this bullshit. Uh, good on Baker Mayfield. Uh, I mean, he, he got screwed over. This guy was, he was all about the Cleveland Browns and he just got fucked over in the end. So good on him, man. Keep staying home. Don't show up to any of these events. Let them trade you. And hopefully they uh, bite the bullet and just cover that 18 million, 18, $19 million, whatever it is. Cause uh, the Browns should just, they, they should just admit fault to all of this and just own up to it. All right, I want to get into this Tyreek Hill, Hill uh, situation. I won't go too long on this because I've already talked about this on social media. Some people are upset that I'm even discussing this. It's like, look, it's a national story. If you don't like it, unfollow the page. I, I, by the way, let me address this quickly. People always say, oh, you block people who disagree with you and you, uh, you're soft. No, first of all, I don't block anyone who disagrees with me. I block people if they whine, if they bitch and moan about content on the page Listen, fuck it. You're gone. I'm not putting up with it. You could, you could have easily saved yourself the time to write a paragraph complaining about the page when you could have just unfollowed. Uh, that's that's a you problem, not a me problem. Second of all, uh, blocking people does not mean you're soft. It just means you're taking out the shit, the garbage away from your social media circulation. That's it. 
That's all there is to it. Anyway, this is a pretty big story and does need to be discussed. So, uh, he said Tua is more accurate than Mahomes. Okay. Um, he said he still loves Mahomes. Uh, apparently, he was angry about the week two loss against Baltimore. That's the one where Clyde Edwards-Alaire fumbled on Sunday Night Football at the end of the game when Kansas City just needed a field goal to win. Uh, he was upset because he was hardly involved statistically and started expressing his frustration to his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, about how, in some games, he was statistically not involved. His grandfather had a procedure in Georgia, and apparently the team would not let him leave midweek to see him. Okay, let me get into the grandpa thing a little bit. Um, But the whole uh, frustration about the Baltimore game, look... I don't care if you are the best receiver or tight end in the NFL. You're going to have games where you're going to you're just not going to be quiet statistically. And in a guy like Tyreek Hill, if he has a bad game statistically, it doesn't mean he had a bad game in general. Uh, sometimes there are situations where you're dealing with double, even triple team coverage because you're so damn good that they take you that seriously. They're obviously showing you a lot of respect, and guess what? That opens up the door for other pass catchers on the field for the Chiefs to get open. So it's not a matter that Tyree Kill was not involved intentionally. It's just this is a guy who draws a lot of attention from the defense, and if the defense does it right, they can nullify him from the offensive game plan, but that's not... That doesn't mean the defense succeeded. You still have an all-pro tight end. You still have a lot of speedsters on this Chiefs offense that can go out there, get open, and make plays. Because if you're double, triple-teaming Tyree Kill, listen, here's the beauty of the Chiefs' offense the past few years. You have an all-pro receiver, and you have an all-pro tight end. Guess what? You can't double or triple-team both of them. Because then guys like Demarcus Robinson get open, McCole Hardman get open, Byron Pringle get open. A lot of these guys have good speed and can do a lot of damage. Sammy Watkins, I'll even mention, who was on the scene for a couple of years, and he benefited from all that attention that Tyreek and Kelsey drew. And then whenever people took defenses took Sammy Watkins seriously, well, guess what? That's when Tyreek Hill got open because they forgot about double-teaming him. So... That's the beauty of this Chiefs offense, and I still think they'll be able to do that kind of thing, even without Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and Robinson, who Pringle, who've all moved on. But um, look, even the best receivers, I mean, Terrell Owens has had a lot of games where he had maybe just a couple catches. Doesn't mean he's a terrible player. Um, yeah, of course, everyone wants 100 yards and a touchdown every single game, but the reality is, I mean, if you had that... Every single time, you would have 1,700 yards and 16 or 17 touchdowns a season. I mean, that's realistically, you don't see anyone putting up those kinds of numbers. Um, that's just not a realistic thing. And by the way, for someone like Tyreek Hill to complain, this guy had, he, he was top, th- I think top five, but certainly top three in drops. I mean, come on. You want to talk about inaccuracy and all this stuff with uh, Mahomes? Some of that's on you, buddy. Some of that is on you. Now, the grandfather thing, where the team allegedly did not let him go see his grandfather in Georgia. I don't know the story to that. That's a very interesting uh, claim there from Tyreek Hill. Let me say this. Uh, Some people who may not know this, if you're a casual football fan, 
NFL teams in general, if they have a Sunday game, so the way it works, if you have a game on Sunday, Monday is generally, if you don't have a Monday night football game, is film study, essentially, recap. Um, even on a short week, like a Thursday night football, you generally don't see them practice in pads much. Uh, they may do walkthroughs or, or that kind of thing, but nothing, no hitting is involved. Uh, for Tuesdays, they are off. Generally, they all go out in the community and they're wearing their jerseys and they're doing community service. They're doing charity work. Uh, that's why Wednesday morning, so Tuesday nights for TV stations and Wednesday morning for all the um, newspapers, that's why you see a lot of stories on those dates about uh, community work from players because that's the time to do it. Uh, a lot of times if you listen to local talk radio, Wednesday mornings, you're not going to get a lot of NFL coverage because players did not practice on Tuesdays. So Wednesday morning is the day that they try to fill with other content, not related to football, because you're not going to have much football content uh, Wednesday mornings uh, for talk radio because they didn't have practice on Tuesday. So there's no audio, no interviews, none of that stuff. Um, Fun fact, for those of you who've never been in the industry. Now, if a team has... Uh, if, if they have a Thursday game, they practice on Tuesdays uh, and Wednesday, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. If they have a Monday night game, then it's the same schedule. It's just everything is pushed back one day. So instead of being off on Tuesday, they're off on Wednesday. Now, the reason I bring that up is I, I'm guessing Tyreek Hill tried to leave Monday nights and would try to come back Wednesday mornings. I don't know. I don't know the story. I'm speculating here. And when family's involved, I you shouldn't speculate too much with this kind of a thing. The only way you would ever know the full story to this one, because I, I don't want to dismiss what Tyreek's claiming. It's a very interesting situation. The Chiefs would need to speak up on this. And listen, even if Tyreek was still on the team, they would not discuss this matter publicly unless there was something very serious involved some serious accusations were involved as to who said what and who wasn't allowing to do what um, to a very extreme manner. Tyreek Hill's no longer on the team. Patrick Mahomes, I think he had a fairly classy reaction. He said, hey, look, it's just, you know, he's just doing it for his podcast, which is true. Um, and Andy Reid, I mean, it, it, listen, any head coach, every head coach the Chiefs have had, they, they hardly talk about players who are no longer on the team. Except for certain situations. When the Chiefs were getting ready to play the Browns, Andy Reid was willing to take questions about Kareem Hunt and the progress he made since getting kicked off the Chiefs. That's natural. That's certainly understandable. That is a time. It's almost like when uh, Belichick was being asked about Tom Brady getting ready for Patriots-Bucks in week four of last season for Sunday Night Football. So... The Chiefs are not going to speak out on this, but here's what I do want to say. I think a lot of times people forget. Like I know what there's this whole thing about stick to sports and just be entertainers for athletes. Well, there's a lot of shit that can happen behind the doors, behind closed doors, behind the scenes that fans may not know about. Uh, when the curtains are closed, there's a lot that happens that fans don't know about. They just don't know about. Uh, such as Tyreek Hill, I mean, this whole frustration with him and not being happy about his stats, even though he was one of the most targeted players in the NFL, 
and all that good stuff. And then the whole thing with his family, like, I mean, this whole thing can carry over. I mean, you never know the whole, like, let me make one more. And again, this is speculation. When, uh, Patrick's mom was talking about the dropped interception, uh, the uh, drop passes that led to interceptions. She was on Twitter saying, oh, those should not count as interceptions. They should count as fumbles for um, the receivers. So obviously she's accusing Tyreek Hill. We're not accusing, I should say. Uh, She's saying Tyreek Hill should be charged with a fumble rather than a dropped pass in that situation. It's like, you don't think Tyreek Hill does not know that? You don't think that maybe is not being brought up behind closed doors? I mean, there are a lot of things that happen when the media is not around, when fans are not around, when there aren't any cameras or microphones. Maybe certain things are said that we just don't know about. It happens on all 32 teams. It happens, you know, every college football team. We're talking, you know, college football, okay? They've got way more players than an NFL team does. There's a lot of stuff that happens behind closed doors in those situations that you just never hear about. Um... It could have an impact on the field. So, listen, the Chiefs still had a great on-field success with Tyreek Hill. So, it's not like this was, this put a dent on their ability to do well offensively. It's just at the end of the day, uh, Tyreek Hill was unhappy with certain things and wanted out. And he didn't want to, he wanted to say in Casey, he addressed that. But I guess ultimately, with the money he wanted... He was not getting that in Kansas City, so he had to get it elsewhere. Uh, listen, man, uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, listen, everyone got what they wanted at the end of the day. The Chiefs got a bunch of draft picks and a lot of great players with great potential, and Tyreek Hill got his money, and he's obviously happy with his QB. He's hyping him up, even though you know we'll see how that all goes in, in week one. Listen, for Tyreek's sake, because he's doing a lot of talking right now, He's even, you know, saying, oh, I'm comfortable with the with the reactions with the podcast. Everyone's got their panties in a wad. He said that multiple times when he was doing media tour for his uh, football camps. I hope for his sake he and uh, Tua have a great connection on the field. Because if not, you know social media is going to remind Tyreek Hill of it. And so is the media. Because this is one of the biggest stories in football the last seven days. So good luck, good luck to Tyreek Hill on that. Devontae Adams, another star wide receiver who went to a new team, uh, he also compared his current quarterback to his past quarterback. Now, he's got some familiarity with Derek Carr because they were teammates in college. But he said, he essentially said Derek Carr is pretty much Aaron Rodgers, that they're very similar. Aaron Rodgers has won back to back MVPs. He's been he, he's won a Super Bowl. He's been to, to multiple conference championship games. Although he's fell short recently in, in the playoffs, he's still out there with a high number of playoff wins. And he's been doing this for a very long time. Derek Carr has yet to get a playoff win. And by the way, this really insane stat of oh, Derek Carr has more come from behind wins since 2014. Than any quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> Whoop the fucking do. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Maybe he had to rally them from behind because he threw pick sixes. <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Fourth quarter comebacks are great and all, but how many playoff wins has that translated to? The Raiders have given him 
not one, but two big contract extensions, and he's won you zero playoff games. And I know there are people out there who are saying Derek Carr is not the problem with the Raiders. Okay, but they've given him everything. They've given him Michael Crabtree, they, Amari Cooper. I mean, they've given Darren Waller. I know it didn't pan out too well, but even Henry Ruggs, like, they've given you everything and every... Now they've given you Devontae Adams. Like, if this if this doesn't translate to a playoff win, you gotta go. You gotta cut Derek Carr after this, okay? Maybe you should really consider signing Colin Kaepernick, because even though he hasn't played in a damn long time... Listen, I don't think it's gonna happen. He hasn't played in too long. But at least he's been to a Super Bowl before, Okay? Derek Carr has not even won a playoff game. Like, I can understand why the Raiders are are trying to use... I mean, listen, I'm sure some of it's for attention. Positive, um... What is it? Uh, positive publicity because of the whole uh, John Gruden situation. And, and obviously, last year was a bad year PR-wise for the Raiders. But, man, uh, it's just... There's always an excuse as to why Derek Carr never won a playoff game. Oh, he got injured. He didn't have this. He didn't have that. He dealt with... So much drama last year. Okay, at some point, Patrick Mahomes is constantly dealing with people bashing his wife and brother and even his mother sometimes on Twitter. Okay, that is far worse than losing your coach midseason and losing your receiver to an idiotic move. Okay, and don't get me wrong, what what happened with Henry Ruggs was terrible. Someone's life was lost. Um, but that does not impact Derek Carr directly on a personal level. Patrick Mahomes is constantly dealing with attacks on his wife and his brother. And he's still going out there, even though he, last year was not his best year, still made it to an AFC championship game one way or another, okay? So I don't even get the excuses anymore for Derek Carr. Like every excuse you can find in the book. It's almost like for Andy Reid before he won a Super Bowl in 2020. Like everyone was making excuses for Andy Reid. Oh, uh, his special teams screwed up. His his defensive coordinator blew the big lead. Uh, he lost Travis Kelsey in a playoff game. Um, Terrell Owens was sick in a game. Or Donovan McNabb was sick. Whoever it was. Uh, like there was all these excuses for Andy Reid as to why he did not win a playoff game for almost his entire coaching career. It's like, look, there's a common denominator here. Okay, you can't just be blaming everybody but the one person who's constantly involved with this denominator. Okay, um, listen, this is Derek Carr's last year to prove himself. Okay, if you don't win a playoff game this year. See you later, Alligator, because if the Raiders want any chance of success, you got to find yourself a quarterback, okay? You've given this guy plenty of chances, every opportunity to thrive, and now it's just, what's what's going to be the excuse next? I just want to know that now. What's the, what's the excuse now if Derek Carr doesn't win a playoff game? Because I, I already know Raiders fans are on social media preparing for that. I don't know why. I have never seen a fan base like the Raiders fight so hard for mediocrity. Why? Like, what is the... What is? What are you gaining by defending Derek Carr, who has done nothing but win you games in the regular season sometimes? I mean, the Raiders have only finished above five hundred twice 
in the since since their Super Bowl loss. And since that span, they have not won a playoff game. I get it. Derek Carr's won more, uh, or excuse me, he's had uh, more seasons above 500 than any Raiders quarterback since 2004. Okay. It's not really saying much. Um, you know, it, it'd, be, it'd be like uh, the Royals saying, hey, we, we won a playoff game in 2014. That's more than uh, any other Royals team since 1986. It's like, okay, you're, you're not really uh, doing yourself any good comparisons there. Um, you get the idea. I mean, this is his last chance. It just has to be. I don't know why that fan base fights so hard for mediocrity, but they do. But yeah, I don't know. Devontae Adams making that comparison. Get out of here. Get, miss me with that comparison. Uh, real quickly, I, I want to give a, I want to give some props to Taylor Heineke, the uh, backup quarterback for the Washington Commanders, because he was asked about possibly winning the starting job in Washington. And he responded and said, that's not an option. And he was completely honest. This has to be one of the most honest comments I've ever heard in an interview or a press conference by a player. Because players never talk about money publicly, especially other players' money. Heineke said that he knew his role and said that the NFL is a business. He mentioned that one quarterback is making $2 million and the other one is making $30 million. Obviously referring to Carson Wentz. Good on him for being honest about this. I know teams hardly ever bring up money, but he spoke the truth. And by the way, I don't know why the money stuff is so sacred from from for, for teams to even bring up. Like This stuff is out there publicly. It used to not be out there publicly, but now it is. Over the cap, spot track, um, the NFLPA salary report. I mean, all, all, so many places where you can find players' contract uh, details. Uh, good on Taylor Heineke because we don't see enough honesty in this um, in this sport. This is a huge reason why I'm a UFC fan. Uh, and by the way, uh, Phil Hawes. Um, the UFC fighter who lashed out at Daniel Cormier for a fight prediction when Daniel Cormier didn't even predict a fight. I still have a point to make about that, even though Cormier didn't pick up the fight. He, first of all, Cormier humbled that guy real fast. But why do you care about predictions so much? Richard Sherman was rubbing it in to the media during a press conference about how everyone was picking the 49ers to be bad when the 49ers were actually good that year. I'm sorry, but do you want everyone in the media to pick every team to go 16-0 or now 17-0 now? I mean, I, I don't get that. I never understand. And listen, if fans do it, uh, that's one thing. Um, even then, it's like, what do you want the media to do? Because the media cannot pick everyone to go undefeated. They can't pick everyone to uh, share the MVP award. You have to pick winners. You have to pick losers. You have to pick teams that you think are going to suck. And you have to uh, you have to pick teams that you think are going to win. You can't pick everyone to go undefeated. And when... Listen, they don't always get it right. And for some reason, players like to rub it in their face. Okay, why doesn't a player predict games every single week and let's see if they can get 100% accuracy because I guarantee you they won't. They will not. 
I want to see their preseason uh, predictions. And I don't get fans who get upset about this. Oh, this team, uh, we haven't even started the season, and they're picking us to go 3-14. and 14. Well, they, it's a prediction, okay? It's not, you know, they're not penciling in winners and losers uh, to set up the playoff picture. It's a prediction. Uh, yeah, they're going to be wrong sometimes, but fans and even players, like players at the very least, like why are players so fucking soft for this kind of shit? Like, if it wasn't for the media, a lot of these players would not even have the exposure that they have today. They wouldn't have the following they have on social media, being able to get all these endorsements. So you can't have it both ways. You can't criticize the media for being wrong on a prediction if you don't, if you could not go out there and get 100% on all your picks. Come on now. Okay, real quickly, I do want to go over this Jack Del Rio thing uh, because this has been a huge uh, conversation over, uh, essentially this month. And Joe Burrow made a comment about guns, okay? I'm, spoiler alert, a lot of people defended Jack Del Rio and the same people who defended Jack Del Rio are not defending Joe Burrow. And the same people who are defending Joe Burrow did not defend Jack Del Rio. Uh, listen, uh, let me just say this right now. Um, it, the, the whole like stick to sports thing, because that has been dropped to Joe Burrow. Uh, it's really interesting how that all pans out. Here's what happened. So you guys already know the story. Jack Del Rio called January 6th a dust up, which is absolutely wrong. Um, not the case at all. In fact, right when he made that comment, when they had the hearings, the footage you see does not that, that that's not defined as a dust up certainly not he apologized the team uh specifically head coach Ron Rivera fined him $100,000 Jack Del Rio apologized publicly and then he apologized to the team last Tuesday Ron Rivera uh this was kind of interesting he said you know people are allowed to express their opinions and that he reviewed the First Amendment several times. Uh, first of all, if if you're saying you're allowing people to express their opinions, but then you find them, you're not really doing yourself any good from a PR standpoint. Second of all, how much time do you really have as a football team to constantly review the First Amendment? Okay, you're the Washington Commanders. Your team is a dust-up, Okay. You guys have a lot more shit to, to worry about than the First Amendment, okay? But they did what they did, so it's over with. Can't can't really do much. Uh, look, it's the offseason, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, look, when players were criticized for kneeling during the anthem, one of the big criticism, uh, one of the one of the big things people said is that players should protest during their own time and not do it on the clock. Uh, okay, last I checked, there were teachers in the Shawnee Mission School District here in the Kansas City area who wore safety pins, and I think a lot of other teachers did it too uh, in other school districts, but they wore safety pins um, in response to school safety. That's a protest on the clock, because a lot of people are saying, oh, I could never kneel during the anthem. Okay, but there are other ways to protest while you're at work. Teachers have done this. Um... The other thing with Jack Del Rio, or excuse me, with players, I should say, 
Uh, LeBron James, during his own time, criticized Donald Trump, who was the president at the time. He was told to shut up and dribble. Again, this was during his own time. He wasn't doing this like in a post-game interview. Uh, Drew Brees, by the same political pundit, uh, Drew Brees gave his uh, opinion as to why he doesn't agree with Anthem protesting, and that same political pundit said, Drew Brees is uh, allowed an opinion. He's a, he's a person who, who has a worth, which was a, a stupid thing. It obviously got called out for it. And her, um, her, Laura Ingram from Fox News, her uh, justification of that wasn't even, I mean, it was just bad. It's out there on YouTube for people to see, but we won't get into that. Here's my point. Uh, because NFL players, they made a Black Lives Matter video after George Floyd's death during their own time, okay? They did it during their own time, not during practice or any of that, and they still got criticized for it. So I, I've said this many times. You you, you want to criticize someone for anthem protesting? Okay. You want to tell them that they should do it during, during their own time? Well, they have, and they still get criticized for it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyron Matthew, they started voter registration drives. They did not tell anybody how to vote. They just wanted people to register to vote. And they got hit with a bunch of stick-to-sports comments. Didn't even tell people how to vote. Didn't give one political opinion whatsoever. Um, so people just can't be happy or can't be understanding of the fact that athletes who are citizens, who pay taxes, who live in this country are still told stick to sports, no matter the uh, the situation. So, the whole thing with the fine, I get it, people are upset with the fine, I can understand where they're coming from. I don't agree with his comments, the, the, the dust-up comment, not one bit. It's 100% wrong. Uh, I also think fining him was for that was wrong as well. Now, it's not the first time Athletes have been fined for saying something. Travis Kelsey, uh, a few years ago, he was upset uh, at a referee after a playoff game uh, because of the holding call on Eric Fisher and said that the referee should not work at a fucking footlocker. And he got fined for that. Um, in the NBA, they fine you for criticizing uh, uh, referees. Um, players have been fined before for comments. So this is not the first time someone's been fined for something they have said. The difference this time is that this is a this is something that involves politics. That's why he got people are outraged because he got fined for a political opinion. Um, let me say this: I disagree with the um, with the fine, and I disagree with the dust up comment. Uh, Joe Burrow was calling for gun reform. And he said he wants it to be harder for people to get, quote, crazy guns. And that, of course, drew a, a whole level of outrage on social media about this. And a lot of people are calling for Joe Burrow to get a $100,000 fine for, for this. Um, listen, for, let's forget about the fine. I know it's hard to do, but here's why I'm saying that. Because even before Jack Del Rio got fined, the people who defend anyone like uh, Jack Del Rio or Colby Covington, Colby Covington, a uh, former UFC interim champion, this guy has constantly praised Donald Trump during UFC events. George Masvidal has praised Donald Trump during UFC events. But 
you don't see Jack Del Rio, you don't see Colby Covington or George Masvidal get told, stick to sports. LeBron James was told shut up and dribble because of a criticism he had for Donald Trump. But when he spoke against the vaccine, the same people who supported the shut up and dribble segment are the same ones who called LeBron James courageous for standing up against the vaccine. You can't have it both ways, folks. You can't, you can't tell someone to stick to football or stick to sports or stick to entertainment and then praise them when they say something that you agree with. And by the way, people, a couple of people have been telling me, oh, Farzine, people on the left do this all the time. No, they don't. Show me Colby Covington's comments on his Instagram. How many people tell Colby Covington compared to Joe Burrow? To stick to sport. Listen, I've shared both the Jack Del Rio and the Joe Burrow comments on my page, and they have gotten thousands of comments. I, I've never, re- out of all the posts on my page, nothing has received as many comments as those two stories right there. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to. I, listen, the proof is right here, okay? And I'd like to think, you know, uh, so when you get notifications, it only says 1,500 comments, but it's way more than that because that same notification keeps coming up where it says 1,500. So I know it's way more than 1,500, okay? I think it's, I think we've got a pretty good sample size here. If you just want the proof, go to my Facebook page. Go look up any of the posts about Jack Del Rio. You don't see Jack Del Rio getting hit with a high volume of sick to sports. But if you go look up that Joe Burrow post I have, there are a lot of people who are telling Joe Burrow to stick to sports or stick to football, whatever. You can't have it both ways. You can't have... Listen, there's nothing patriotic in this country. People want to talk about the First Amendment, right? There's nothing patriotic about telling one person to stick to sports and then telling another person who you agree with, basically praising him. There's nothing patriotic about that. In this country, um, so l- listen. I mean, the 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 different the the difference is obvious. It's no secret. It's obviously sick to sports unless we agree with you. By the way, the same people who say sick to sports are the same ones who showed up to baseball stadiums with flags that say Trump won the election or that the election was rigged. I mean, those are the same people who are on Twitter telling people to stick to sports. By the way, I can't remember who it was. There was an NFL player. In 2020, because obviously that was a big year for athletes speaking up uh, when it came to race. There was a fan who thanked a, it was a safety, I think for the Broncos. Don't quote me on that. There was an NFL player who a fan thanked on Instagram saying, hey, thanks for visiting my father in the hospital, all, all, all that good stuff. That same fan messaged that same player and essentially told him, sick to sports. You can't. Have it both ways, folks. You just can't. People, here's what, what one thing people do not want to be called in this world. They don't want to be called a hypocrite. And when they get exposed for being a hypocrite, they get defensive, they hide, they delete their social media because they can't accept the fact that they made a mistake and, to, and basically committed to hypocrisy. That's the problem with this world today. Nobody wants to listen to anyone else. They just want to listen to their own stance that's being echoed out there this is why you know the cnn's and the fox news are so fucking stupid because they only bring in guests that they agree with and whenever they bring a guest that they disagree with 
They're constantly interrupting them. Or Laura Ingram, very fancy on her part, she goes, yeah, we're, we're overdue for a hard break in the middle of like the most random time where she's never taken a break during that time. But that day, that night, it happens that she passed a hard break. Come on. A hard break, by the way, for those who don't know, is when you have to take a commercial break at a very specific exact time. Um, again, obviously that's bullshit. Just so happens she had to take a hard break when she had a guest she disagreed with. Listen, that's the problem with this country right now. Nobody wants to hear anyone else that they disagree with. What did I say at the beginning of this podcast with the FIFA World Cup? There was a Democrat and a Republican who worked together to bring the World Cup to Kansas City. They had a hand in that. So if we have politicians who can work on bringing a global sporting spectacle to your city, well, they damn sure can do the same thing for other situations. I understand that guns right now and and the mass shootings, I know that is such a very sensitive topic. It's a more serious matter than the World Cup coming to your town, but it can still get done. Excuse me. It can still get done. They're just choosing not to. Listen, let me just say this real quickly because it's been almost a month uh, we're coming. We're, it's it's coming close to a month since we last had the uh, sh- school shooting in Texas, and there have been other shootings too. They just don't all get talked about. Um, let me just remind you something: nineteen kids and two teachers died. But in this country, we're too busy complaining about transgender athletes involved in a sport they shouldn't be uh, taking part of. People are, are uh, upset about Pride Month. People are upset about uh, all kinds of things. Folks, I want to be wrong so badly on this, but I don't see a solution coming anytime soon when our biggest... Uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. The, the things that we are most upset about, the things that we want uh, to be resolved are not even that important. We're talking about Pride Month. We're talking about, um, you know, transgender athletes, uh, not uh, and whether they should or shouldn't compete in a sport. Uh, banning books. We are we have been talking about those subjects for a long time, but the only time we ever talk about mass shootings is when they happen. Nobody wants to do anything about it. They talk about ideas, but then they, it goes away real quickly. Listen, in the past few weeks since that shooting happened, uh, people are talking. People are comparing it to 9-11, saying we didn't ban planes. Well, people cannot just buy a plane and fly it without a license. Uh, oh, more people die from obesity than an AR-15. Okay, let me say something. As someone who used to be obese, uh, people choose that lifestyle. People don't choose to get killed by an AR-15. Well, these things are not even mutually exclusive. Uh, drunk driving, why don't we ban cars and alcohol? Okay, because cars and alcohol were not designed to kill people. A gun was designed to kill, especially an AR-15. Now, I don't want to get too much into that, but here's my point. Again, we have issues in this country that need to be serious issues. You know, let me give you a couple uh, examples. We have mass shootings, okay? Uh, Look at our economy right now. That's in a very... Uh, peril spot. Look at sc- look at all the people who are scamming people. You know, 
If you have an iPhone these days, I mean, a lot of people are getting text messages. Oh, you won $5,000. Click here. You want a free PlayStation 5. Click here. You want a free cruise. Click on this link. Do you know how many people fall for that shit? Yet we're not doing anything about that. I've been saying that for a long time, by the way. Why are we not doing anything about the scammers in this country? Or the people who are getting scammed in this country? You can do something about it, even though those people might be in other countries. Doesn't mean you can't. The serious issues in our country are not even being addressed. They're really not. Instead, people want to complain that, you know, an app on their phone has turned into pride colors and that their favorite Facebook page uh, has uh, gone uh, woke. Like, is this really the issues we have? Like, is that really? I mean, we have bigger issues. But we just don't want to address them. Listen, I'm only one person. I, 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 don't, I can't reach out to the entire world. I wish I could. But the bigger people out there aren't even saying these kinds of things. They're really not. And something needs to be done about it. But hey, no. Let's just tell people to stick to sports when they... Sp- By the way, all the people who say stick to sports when someone has an idea, whether you agree or disagree... I, those same people are not coming up with ideas of their own. And by the way, the last thing on this. For the whole stick to sports thing... Shouldn't everyone else stick to their profession? I mean, seriously, if if we're going to tell an athlete stick to sports, then everyone else needs to stick to their profession. And by by, by continuing with that logic, I guess nobody should be talking about politics ever at this point. I mean, what would be the point of all those news networks that talk politics? They'd be useless. They'd be useless. All right. I'll stop right there. Uh, a lot on this podcast. Reminder, Tuesday night, 8.15 Central Time, we are doing a live podcast. It's going to be uh, me, few other, uh few other guys whose voices are familiar to you if you've been listening to this podcast before. You'll know who they are. It's going to be a very fun podcast. We're going to talk about Kansas City getting the World Cup and what else Kansas City can do to keep on, to keep building off this because they have grown a lot with their sports scene the past 15 years. And they need to find a way to keep that going. So we're going to talk about that Tuesday night on my Facebook page live, facebook.com slash If you missed the live, it will be available on all the podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, all those good places. Facebook.com slash Join me on there. Follow me on Facebook. Give it a like. You guys are killing it. We're getting close. We just had 31,000. Oh, we hit 31,000 on the day of my 31st birthday late last month. And we're getting very close to 32. So you guys are awesome. It's all because of you guys. So please keep inviting your friends. Spread the word about the page. Also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the links on social media. I will talk to you guys Tuesday night. Take care.